This episode is brought to you by Bless Bites, the best tasting healthy snack in the game. They're the perfect balance of plant protein, whole fiber, and healthy fats. Because of this, they can help you feel sharp, balanced, and strong for hours on end. I can personally vouch for this product and the people behind it because they've completely changed my life with their nutrient-dense seed flour. Having struggled with celiac disease and other autoimmune issues over the course of my life, finding snacks that I am not allergic to can be really hard. On top of that, as an avid athlete, the snacks that I can eat often leave me feeling underwhelmed and don't give me the nutrients I need to operate at my most optimal self. I wholeheartedly believe that food is medicine and can help you live a healthier and happier life. So go live your best life. Head to myblessbites.com and use code THRIVE10 to get 10% off your first order of this game-changing product. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's conversation is with Daniel Crouch, co-founder of Bless Bites. Him and his wife, Lindsay, were on episode 32 as well, so be sure to check that episode out. In this convo, we chat about how to juggle business, family, and health, as well as some of the struggles Daniel has had to overcome to continue the mission he and his wife started over a decade ago. I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode because I know you will take some value from the stories Daniel shares. So let's live our blessed life and dive into the conversation with Daniel Crouch. What is up, Thrive fam? CJ Finley here with another Thrive on Life podcast episode. And I'm sitting here with one of my best friends here in Austin, Texas, Mr. Daniel Crouch. He is the founder and creator of what used to be Super Seed Life and now My Blessed Bites, along with his lovely wife, Lindsay Crouch, who is not here with us today. But if you guys want to hear him and her uh, on the podcast, go back to episode 32, where they go into their relationship and how Super Seed was created. But today I wanted to bring them back on because they've been up to some really cool things. And I am actually heavily involved in trying to get what they are doing out into the world because I'm such a big believer in it and it's had a massive change on my own life. But before we get into all the good stuff, I'd love to just ask you, Daniel, how are you doing today? Matt, thank you. I'm blessed and privileged to be here. Uh, beautiful day in Austin, Texas and uh, you know, hanging out with my friend, my uh, somebody that I respect and love and care about. So this is just like, this is a Saturday for me, man. And it's Monday. Like it's that's Monday. the coolest part is just like, man, I've never looked forward to Mondays. Like I guess in my previous life is what I would call it. But like now every day, every, I have the saying every day is day one. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like that. You just wake up and you're just like, oh, today's going to be a great day. So it's nice to have you in here and have you bring the vibes. But the way that I want to kick this off is kind of go down a little bit of a rabbit hole of all the obstacles you've had to kind of get to this part. Because I think in the world of entrepreneurship, a lot of people don't really realize that it's an infinite game for the most part. It's no matter how high you get, there's always going to be another low. And no matter how low you get, there's always going to be another high. So let me pinpoint this question a little bit um, more so that it gives you some direction. What has been the hardest obstacle in the past year or two transitioning from 
what you were doing with Supersede to where you're at now? Man, that's a great question. Uh, you know, pretty much picking ourselves up off the ground uh, after COVID hit and, you know, we were ensconced in, in Supersede life and we're, you know, living the entrepreneurial dream and, you know, it had, had been nominated to be top 10 brands for Whole Foods in 2020, felt great about it. And then, you know, COVID hit and uh, it pretty much knocked us out of business. And for the first few months of 2020, it was like a total identity check. Like, who am I? What am I doing? Everything that I've put my heart, mind, and soul into is now, for all intents and purposes, not alive. I mean, you know, who am I as a as a husband? I mean, how am I going to provide for my family? Just this catastrophic uh, gut check happened in early 2020, and it was probably though the best thing that ever happened to me because. And that's like a, a trending theme in my life where the things that are just terrible at the time end up kind of becoming the blessing. And I, it forced me to get back to my roots and to really reconsider why I was living my life the way that I was. I always considered myself a you know, quote unquote good person, but I wasn't great. And I wasn't great in my, my soul and my heart. I wasn't being a great husband. I was not being a great father. I was being mediocre. I was prioritizing all my stuff before everybody else's in my family. And um, the opportunity to come back from that and to identify with who I truly want to be, the kind of person that would make my grandparents proud, you know, like that's been the struggle is to be that person this year, but it was the best thing that ever happened, you know, and by the grace of God, we've been given another opportunity to start up again as blessed bites, right? To focus the line down, to get smart, to get sharp, take all the things we've learned and reapply it now. And that's a gift I don't take lightly. I mean, a lot of people don't have that opportunity. A lot of people just ride off into the sunset and that's it, you know? Yeah, it's so awesome to to see you guys come. The way that I think about it is like a phoenix. So it's like our, our buddy Noah always talks about phoenixes and how like you basically have to burn who you were to become who you are meant to become. And for you, I kind of want to pick into – you, you mentioned you always thought of yourself as a good person. I think all all of us as humans, we have this ego that think of a, we all think of ourselves as this good person, right? But I think the difference between good and great is great people are okay with looking in the mirror and saying, I am terrible at X, Y, Z. So when you were looking in the mirror, what were some of the things, if you feel comfortable telling totally. us that like some of the things that potentially you were looking in the mirror and being like, I'm not living up to par in these type of areas. And I'll lead with, some of mine where it's just like you mentioned not being the best husband. For me, it's I'm too worried about this business meeting rather than like going on the walk with my wife. But ultimately the walk with my wife is going to help me in that business meeting and just like flipping that. So that's some of the perspective I have, but I'd love to hear it on your end. Well, I appreciate the soft alley-oop to make me feel good about my warts. But you know, it, it for me, it was exactly that. I was being a terrible husband. I was looking at my wife, she was like she was an employee. And I was looking at my kids like they were liabilities. And everybody was detracting from my goals and my dreams and my, 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 my. And I was a self-centered, egotistical dick. And I, and I know it. But I was always good enough, you know, that it didn't really come across like that. But yet on the, just the inner parts of who I was, that was my motivation, you know, was to succeed and, and to do the things that were on my heart to do. But I was just, I was just not acting in my best. And, um, and it took a while, you know, the first relationship that I had to mend was with, you know, my wife. I mean, I had to, 
we were both broken people at that time. I mean, we we're both just, you're, you're scared, you know, your, your livelihood has gone away that, you know, the world is in pandemic. You don't know, or, I mean, your body's going to start lining up in the street. You have no idea. You have three little kids. It's just this landslide that just started to perpetuate. And so for me, it was reestablishing the relationship with my wife and, and recommitting to her that I was not going to be the guy that I was historically. And that was the first relationship. And then I had to, and I'm still, you know, working on the relationship with my kids because I still have a tendency to be a hard ass when it comes <laughs> to life and getting things done. And my kids I have three boys. So it's not like I have little girls I and mean, I've got three boys. So I go at them hard, you know, and my mom the other day pulled me aside and she's like, honey, you need to, your kids, when they come over here and spend the night, they tell me the things that you say and do to them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Now I'm not like beating my kids, yeah, no, don't get me I wrong, but saying, like yeah. I, I'm hard on them, you yeah. know? And and I because you know what's a lot. Yeah, you know what's what what's coming to them in life. Dude, That's it's not thing. easy. You know it's, it's the road ahead. And the blessing that my dad gave me, kind of like a boy named Sue, right? Like my dad was hard on us. And he was not, I wouldn't call him an emotionally connected man. Right. Yeah. He was a hard ass and tough and strong. It's the nature of the times. Yeah. It was him. And I don't yeah. and I used to just hate him for it, but now I'm like, wow, that pain and suffering was what forced me to become the person yeah. that I am now. Now, again, I'm trying to break the trend. I don't want to be- You want to be better. I want to be better. I want to be more efficient with my kids, yeah. you know? Yeah, you want to be better. To this Times day, are different now. They're, they're different. And I'm trying to figure it out. Like, yeah. I'm trying to figure it out, right? But like, again, the, the, the privilege, like you, you mentioned the Phoenix, it's like the Lazarus too, you know? Lazarus come back from, four days dead, four days. That's a long time. Comes back from the dead. And so, you know, I feel like for me, this is also was like, you know, God reaching out and saying, all right, you thought you could do it your way. You thought you had an idea. That didn't work. Now let's try it my way. And I'm going to let you rot. I'm going to let you stay in that grave for an extra day, an extra day. So you really know that when you do come back, it is completely not by your own accord. Just do things my way, do things the right way. And as I try my darndest to live that ethos of like obedience to God and doing what the way he wants it to do and not myself then it works. I hear you talk a lot about being a servant, like a servant, a servant, a servant, serving, selfless. We have lots of conversations about humility. And that is for me, the most attractive thing is not me, but what I can do. For yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing because like for all of you that are listening to this, like you can't see this, but Daniel is absolutely shredded, <laughs> like has, has three kids and is running a business and like, a lot going on, but still manages to literally be someone that I look up to because I want to look the same way in the next 10 years. And it's crazy to think about because at the end of the day, for you to serve, you have to be a sharp arrow. That's what a lot of people don't necessarily put two and two together is like, you have to be selfish. I've said this before, you have to be selfish to be selfless. And I think that's another thing that we've talked about before that you've struggled with and I've struggled with where I was being selfish in the wrong ways. Like being selfish to go for a run or to go work out is great, but being selfish to be like, I got to hit this KPI for my business because it means X, Y, Z. Like at the end of the day, your three kids don't give a shit about that. And your wife doesn't really give a shit about that either. It's just like the KPI or the OKR, whatever your system that you're counting your metrics on is going to be achieved if you focus on the system. And that's what it sounds like you're focusing on now is like the system, whether it's God or uh, whatever creator you believe in or whatever you look up to. For me, like death is a, a thing that I think about a lot. And I wrote about today on my email campaign where this past weekend I competed in High Rocks 
And it's for those that don't know, it's basically an hour and a half of absolutely killing yourself, trying to run around a course and do eight different, you basically run eight kilometers and then do eight different exercises in between each kilometer. And then you run again. And I didn't have to do this, but I chose to do it fasted. And one of the reasons I didn't tell anybody until afterwards, but one of the reasons that I, I trained for it fasted and I did it fasted was because I thought about people out there that literally like, say you're in a desert or you're just like, and the thought process started when we had the February storm where like people are going without food and water. And like, I was basically boiling snow to use the bathroom and shower <laughs> and like stuff like that. It got me thinking like, where can I like gain inches in my life? Where can I get better? And that's where like this race was a, a beautiful chance to, okay, like I have two arms, two legs, a beating heart, lungs that can breathe. How do I take this even one more? Well, there's people out there that don't have food. I'm going to I'm going to run this race as if like I didn't have food. And then that's what I'm going to do. And for those people out there, I actually had blessed bites right afterwards, which I took yeah. a nice photo. <laughs> because they're they're just fucking amazing, but they're also great for people with stomach issues like myself. So after the race it was great, but afterwards I felt so great. It was just like, wow, I just did something that I did not think I could do. And the reason I told that story is because I want to swing this into, okay, so you kind of readapted your new system of like kind of where you're going and what you're doing. I don't want to just be poking at, okay, where did you fuck up? Where were some of the ways that you felt like you were doing well that now you're like tripling down on? Well, you, you, something you mentioned just a second ago is <clears throat> like priorities. Like we think we need food so that we can go perform we prioritize what the world says is just obviously, hey, food, everybody thinks food is important, right? Well, then I need to go get food because food's gonna make me a better performer. But in all reality, as you just proved to yourself, you can exercise fasted and even better. A lot of you know elite athletes and martial artists that I know, they will fast on the day of a huge like match or tournament or competition. I fa I'm fasting right now on Monday, Miracle Monday fast. And you begin to like pull out what the world's telling you you need and if you really look at it, you're like, I really don't need that. And that's become like a false idol that I think I need in my life, like success in business, or I need to be here. I need to have this much money in my bank account. So when I pulled, you know, when I, that's why I fast every Monday is to pull the, the, the notion and the concept of food out and say, I don't really need food. I need nothing. I need nothing. Like I got everything that I need inside. So I don't even need food to kick ass. And for me, you know, when I started pulling the things out that I had put on this shelf of things that I thought I needed, they just were dusty idols that I weren't serving me at all. So starting over and pulling everything off that I thought I knew down, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be 40 in a month, like literally in like three weeks. And so I thought, well, by 40, I should have this, I have my shit together. And at 39 years old, I was just ego. I'm, I'm older now. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 10, 12 years older than CJ. And, you know, I need, I need to be 10, 12 years ahead, lot linear, you know? And when I let all that stuff go and stop living for myself, and I still fight it on the daily basis. I don't mean to It'll always be iterate there. that I'm here yeah. like some you know master and has it all together because I don't, but yet I know now where I don't want to go again. And I do not want to go back to the place that I was, which was prioritizing myself and my dreams and my goals and my everything. Everything started with me, 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 me. And like by changing it from that to putting myself last, that is how my life has changed for the better.
So it's interesting because I heard I heard this the other day uh, again from our buddy Noah talking about like leadership and the best leaders they come at the triangle like the hierarchical triangle if you like look at an organization a lot of people do top down but the best leaders do bottom up so they're at the bottom and they're like how do I hold everybody else up and give them the ability to move forward right so the way that you really move forward in your life is like how do you move your kids lives forward how do you move your wife's life forward it doesn't always look like we think in our head like for me the struggle i had was if i just hustle yeah. and go to meeting after meeting after meeting and like make a ton of money the volume approach my 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 wife is going to love the hell out of me and like i'm going to book trips for her and i'm going to do it she just wants time with me yeah. Like we could make way less money and I could walk on the lake with her every single night and she'd be the happiest person. And then if she's the happiest person, I'm happy. And like, as soon as I love how you're talking about stripping away things, as soon as I stripped away, like what the world was telling me entrepreneurship was that I need to post for this reason, or I need to have a brand for this reason, or it needs to look like this for some reason. As soon as you strip that away, you're just like, well, I actually want to do it my way. Mm -hmm. If I can't do it my way and it doesn't look my way 30, 40 years from now, then what was the point in the first place? I remember when I was a little kid, I was at a school and um, I had like zero friends. My teeth were fraggled in the front. <laughs> I needed braces so bad. And I was at this little private school. And for some reason, you know, maybe my personality wasn't rocking. Uh, these five little gang of five kids just made me like public enemy number one. <laughs> and I would eat lunch every day by myself, like literally what by age myself. Is this? this is like kindergarten first grade. You know, I told my mom about it and she was like, no, honey, it can't be that bad. And finally one day she came and like went incognito in the corner and saw this, you know, and she immediately kind of pulled me out of this school and we, we started over somewhere else. And, and I look at that as maybe one of the hardest times in my life because as a little kid, you know, you, you want to play and run and the other kids would have nothing to do with me. I don't, still can't figure it out, but it forced me to look at life without the need because I didn't have it. I couldn't get it. The need for approval from other people. You know what I mean? Or little little opinions that don't really matter. What does that five-year-old yeah, man? Yeah. Who cares what he thinks yeah. at that stage in his life? And so I was able, I was given the ability to see things from a unique perspective, which is that like, you don't need anything. You can still be content and happy and joy-filled eating your little, you know, jelly sandwich at the table. You don't need the, the opinion and the, and the approval of other people. And it's almost kind of like, I have to go back to that five-year-old version of myself and say, you know what? What I think I need, I don't really need. And just strip it back down bare, just bare, you know, keep it so simple that it's just liberating. It's and free. It's free. It's You're free. free. That's true. You have freedom. no one to impress. You have yeah. no one to try to, you know, I'm not trying to be, dude, I have like five shirts of different colors and that's it. Literally. I wear the same thing almost every day. Like I'm not trying to impress anybody. And that letting go of that, like I care has been the most liberating thing. You know what I mean? People ask me all, how was Supersuit? Oh, we kind of had to shut the business down basically, you know? They were like, oh man. There are more bro. hurt than you are. That's it. So there's <laughs> this, this like, I mean, it hurts. Yeah. But like, I, I was talking to somebody about this the other day as well. It was just like, actually I was talking to Aaron about this and about Thrive. I was like, if it left tomorrow, I'd still be free. Yeah. Because like, I'd go on to the next, like I'm, I'm not attached to it. Do I love it? Yes. Do I want to keep doing it for the rest of my life? Yes. But like, if you took it away from me tomorrow, it's like the kid. I love how you brought it five, like a five-year-old. If you took my toys away from me, I didn't need toys because I have my own mind. There's these two little twins that we've been following, Aaron and I. Um, 
the Instagram account is called Drawbertson. They're such cute little twin blonde boys. Like sk- now they're skateboarding and doing all the things. I think they're like six years old now, Charlie and Henry. But he has this hashtag called buy them nothing. And he would give them like literally ice cubes to play with in it. And they would slurp it and they'd be like, mmm, delicious. And he would give them rocks and they'd play with rocks. It was like, it was great because I was like, Aaron, that's what we're doing with our mm-hmm. kids. Like they're not going to have to, we're not going to have like a bunch of shit that we don't need when they're when they're really young. Right. When when they when they're I mean your your boys are starting to get older. Oh, we still like, got some shit we don't you, need around that. Yeah, you got to give them it. some yeah. things to like entertain themselves. But when they're like two, three, three years old, it's just like they, they have such imagination. Yeah, they have such an imagination. And why do we lose that as adults? Like the the question that I wanted to get into is like, okay, so like you had that five that five year old you, and then. Where in the spectrum for you do you think you like lost that? Because ever since I know you, like you're an amazing human being, but even amazing human beings can kind of strip away and be like, okay, where are the areas that I have chinks in my arm? Oh, dude, I got drunk. If you're asking the question, I got drunk on um, being celebrated. Mm. All of a sudden, you're this kid who's, you know, didn't really have a socially sort of in his own little world, which is a blessing because I got shielded from a lot of stuff that I think, um, you know, a lot of people get sucked into. So it was a blessing to be a loner. But when I started to get kind of quote unquote celebrated and find people say, oh my God, you and your wife and all these things that you're doing, I was like, oh, you're right. I mean, I, oh, this is great. You know? And I think <laughs> I, I, I overcorrected and I started to enjoy it, forgetting who I was, that none of that stuff mattered. And it was coming through me anyway. I mean, yeah. like I didn't do anything aside from just wake up and commit to make this dream literally a dream that Lindsay had. And I was like, that's a great idea. We need to do that. Let's run with it. I will be the engine. You be the steering wheel and I'll be the engine. So there was really, I wasn't doing, I was the guy in the back pushing the thing, you know, that's it. There was no glory in that. But yet I started to adopt some of the glory thinking that I had some part in this and that, oh, actually it was me. You know, it was my decisions and my thoughts. Bullshit. Like you just put one foot in front of the other and follow, do the next logical right thing. And so I, again, I think just getting drunk on the, the ego, the ego stepped in and getting him out as fast as possible is the way that I stay my best. What's up guys. I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Daniel. I hope you're loving this conversation so far, but before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, Sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Daniel Crouch. It's such a fine line that you tow because one of the things I've experienced in entrepreneurship is you do have to celebrate. Because if you, if you get rid of too much, like the ego is 
we we have it in us for a reason. Like if you don't have an ego, you don't eat. Like you're not going to go hunt if you don't have an ego. So it's just like there's this dichotomy of how much do I actually hold on to my ego where it's like I do want to be celebrated, but I want to be celebrated after I do the work to be worth that celebration. But then I also want to, like the way that I think about it is I want to bring other people on the podium. Mm -hmm. That's a true celebration. Me standing on the podium alone and like there's like people at the bottom, I've never like really cared about that. And that's why I think I've been building the things that I've been building, like especially this podcast. I want to build a platform for you. Mm But I also get celebrated for building that platform. So it's like, it's a we thing, not a me thing. And where do you think you've kind of switched the mentality? What does that look like practically for those listening? Because a lot of people, again, when I say reduce ego, most people are like, what the fuck does that Mm -hmm. mean? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, now you're not thinking to yourself uh, as much as like, I'm getting celebrated, but like practically in life, in business, in your relationships, what does that show up as? You know, for me, the gift was I got just smashed. 2020 smashed me, you know? And I literally was able to look at myself in the dust and think, you're not so good. Everything you thought you had was a house of cards, right? I mean, you don't have any of the stuff that you thought was important, truly. And so I got a lesson in humility over and over. And I'm still drinking from that well. You know what I mean? So like it's this thorn, so to speak, in my side of having to crawl back from, you know, the depths of where we were, you know, so I, it's difficult for me to look at it with any source of, you know, pride right now, because literally I'm like thankful to God that I literally have the ability to do what I want to do and to, to wake up every day and to help liberate people from the bondage of sickness and disease. That's my thing because I've been liberated myself right? Like it's like you sneak out of a prison camp and, and you, you run off of the woods, like I'm free, I'm free. But then you're like, wait a minute, like I've got 50 guys back there that are just like me. And easily it could have been them that snuck out. So I've, I can't be free until I go back and get them. Yeah. Literally. I, I literally, I mean, like I couldn't run away, you know, I've got to go back. And for me, that's the thing is like, I feel like just the fact that I have today, the breath in my lungs today, you know, and my wife and I can have, by the grace of God, literally scraped ourselves up off the ground to be able to put one foot in front of the other. You know, it's like being in a catastrophic car accident and then you're in the wheelchair and then you're in the walker. I mean, so like right now we're walking without, without canes, you know what I mean? And it feels great. And that enthusiasm is what makes me be like, we have to share this with other people. This, this is so not me anymore. This is something so much bigger than me. And I think that like the best gift was just the breaking of the ego. And, and, and you're a better man than me because I like I, ego for me, it's like alcohol, like one sip and I'm gone. So I just don't drink. And for me, like the ego is like, I asked God the other day, I was like, so, you know, maybe a couple of, you know, 10 years ago, I was like, what, who am I? Like, what is my personality? Like, who am, am I to this guy? Am I to that guy? And he was like, you're the nothing guy. You don't have an ego. Just be quiet and be humble and do exactly what I say. And that will be your quote unquote ego. So the little, the less of me, the better, because it gets me into less trouble. It, it gives me, it, my delusions of grandeur aren't there. If I'm like, I am a father, I am a husband, I am a friend, I am a servant, I'm a feeder of people. That's it. And it, it keeps it tight, you know? Yeah. I think for you, two things, you're the vehicle now rather than the engine. And the way that I think about it is when you're the vehicle, you can swap parts. You're just 
this vessel that helps people get to where they need to go. And I think that's where you might have lost yourself thinking that like the engine thinks it's so important. Like if you don't have an engine, you can't go anywhere. Well, actually, if you take the engine out, somebody can push the vehicle. It still rolls. That's how I kind of think about it. And, e and, and engines are easy like, to buy. You yeah. Easy to replace too, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's just like, there's, there's, there's thousands of engines out yeah. there. Yeah. But like a stable vehicle is like a different story. Like you want to be that vehicle and that vessel to push. And then the second thing, going back to the, to ego and, and for me, I think it stems from, it's not that like, I never try to be better than anybody else other than the guy that I was yesterday. Mm. And I think that's where I do hold on to a little bit of ego is where I reflect on where can I be better than yesterday and use that ego in a positive light of like, again, that motivation of like my ego is being better than the me versus where I think I used to drink the Kool-Aid too much was I was never a loner, but for me, it was like I matured later in life than a lot of other people. And by mature, I mean like physically, like I used to be super skinny and scrawny and just like all my friends were, were bigger and would get the girls and stuff like that. But then it's like, I get into college and I'm on the college soccer team and I put on 40 pounds and just like, you get the spotlight at that point. Um, and really quickly I started realizing that like drinking that Kool-Aid just didn't make me happier when you thought it would make you happier. And then it's funny because I thought I beat that. And then you get into entrepreneurship. I quit my job and you start drinking the same Kool-Aid that you used to think. It was like, oh, working on more businesses, helping more people is what's going to make me feel better. When at the reality of it is I just want to help people like Daniel and Lindsay. That's what fuels me up. So how do I have this close-knit group of yeah. people where it's if I help these three, four, five quality types of people help millions of people? with what they're doing, then we are all just the vehicle of that. And like, it doesn't even trace back to me at that point. And that's what I, that's what I love is just like, if you, if you do business in a certain way, like I asked you this the other day when we had a meeting, I was like, how many brands do you buy from where you don't know the founder? I don't really do you know have, who the, do you know the name you're wearing an Under Armour shirt oh, right now? No. Do you know the name of the Under Armour? I can't founder? think of any brands I buy that I even know the founder. Yeah. Like that's so cool to me. That's what I want to be like. I want to be able to create things where like maybe I had some type of impact where like nobody even knows to trace back to me. Because then at the end of the day, again, you you have everything you need. You have the story in your head where you don't need anything else. I can live in a simple house, oh. simple life, family is there, and you know that you had that impact, that mm -hmm. ripple effect. Um, and I think that's that's the direction that you guys are are now in. I've wanted to ask you this since you kind of rebranded. What was the transition of renaming? How did that look? Because I think a lot of people, again, if you listen to the book Essentialism, it talks about like the key to entrepreneurship is letting go of things. It's not actually holding on to more things, it's letting go. It's being able to be like, you know what? It's time for a new chapter. Quicker, not later. So for you, what was that like? It's like renaming your kid. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was, I think it goes back to like early on, you know, it's probably pretty easy to to deduce that I'm a pretty, you know, religious person. And, um, you know, th listen, this whole idea came because, and I'll be quick about it, that Lindsay's mother passed away of cancer when she was only three years old. So we fell in love in college and I was 21. She was like 
1920. And I heard the story and my first thought was, oh no, man, it's a genetic disease of like, you know, ovarian cancer. And wow, I wonder if that means that she's going to get it. And, you know, and so our whole relationship in the back of my mind, it was always like, wow, I wonder if like this same thing that took her mom at 37 is going to take her young. And it was always back there. And, you know, we prayed and prayed as we, you know, got engaged and married that like that bad thing would not happen to us. That was a big prayer. God, please don't let Lindsay succumb to ovarian cancer and die. I mean, that was, we didn't put it like that, but that was basically yeah. my prayer, you know? And so then one night on her birthday, Lindsay has this dream, like let's use seeds as a source of flour to then, you know, bake food to make healthier. And so from a scientific point of view, seeds are high in essential fat and fiber and protein. They're bioavailable. They're, they're nutrient dense. They're all the things that solves that standard American disease itch, Right. And so if we look back at this idea, it was not because Daniel and Lindsay were so smart and we did all the research and figured out the perfect blend. No, it, it literally was downloaded like an email, right? Initially, when we were getting some mentors, they were like, oh, no, no, you got to keep your faith, you know, and the, don't, don't bring that into the market. The market does not like that. You know, just, just teeter on the edge of it, you know, just maybe supersede or something like that, but not, don't, don't bring your faith into it. And we we're like, okay, you know, sure, that's fine. We'll just do it. And we followed the world. We followed conventional wisdom, right? All the things that, you know, we didn't really feel like in our heart, but yet we just were told was the right thing to do. And when it crashed and burned, we were like, well, there we go. We took God right out. We took him out of his own company and look what happened. It fucking failed. And so when we rebranded and we started over again after four, five, six months of just thinking like, okay, that is a chapter that's closed in my life, but I, we couldn't, I couldn't let it go. It was really more about me. I couldn't, I felt like there was still something there that had to be done. And then we went and did a test with a certified diabetic educator because I just knew that it could control blood sugar. And so we did a test where we had seven type one diabetics over the course of 10 days, eat two servings of blessed bites every day. And over the 10 days, none of them needed any corrective insulin at all, period. That was huge. And, and I kind of brought this to Lindsay's attention. She knew what was going on and I brought it to her and she was like, all right, but if we're gonna do this again and there really is some gas left in the tank, we've gotta do it the right way, the way that makes sense to our hearts. Not everybody's like us. We're not trying to push our agenda on anybody, but like what feels good to my heart and her heart is a certain, you know, a certain level. And she's like, if we're gonna do this again, do it the right way. And don't be, a, a, you know, don't be ashamed or abashed about, you know, what you're truly trying to do, which is to, to bless people. And so it was like, Bless Bites was the logical name for what had happened considering all that we had been through and all that had to be done to get it back to market. Like it was a blessing if this thing ever made it back to market. And here we are, you know? And so in the name in and of itself reminds me of like my personal life, the way that God has moved in my life and truly shown up for me because I was dead in the ditch. I got the eight count, the 10 count, I was down, you know? And it was no part of me that was gonna make it back. And the fact that we're here is a blessing. And that's what it is. Yeah, I remember you like reaching out to me being like, dude, I'm looking for a job. Like, do you know anybody in this area or that area? And it's really cool to just sit here and hear the story and be able to share that with other people. Because again, you don't know unless you know, like you don't know unless you're in that, unless you've been through that. So for anybody listening, the way that I kind of equate it is just like you've worked so hard for a dream. Like imagine you get into your dream school because a lot of us, I guess, have gone to our college and like you get into your dream school and you are taking your dream degree and you get three years into it and then you just can't pass this test and you just keep failing and failing and failing. And to me, that's what it feels like when 
you're in business and like you're just like there's just something I just have to switch just a little bit like left or right to make this thing go and I mean I'll I'll, I'll tell you straight up like I was super proud that you like I, rem- I still remember when you were like, doing the scientific studies and I was telling you I remember our conversations and saying if you can scientifically prove that this helps people all you have to do is stick it out because the way that I look at it is and we were talking about this before the podcast. Google is number sixteen search engine. Like most people, I still admit, can't find. They, I, I, it's hard to believe. They, they think, but you guys are on such the new wave of food as medicine. Well, guess what? The pandemic ruined you. But at the end of the day, did it really? Because now people are like, "Oh shit, maybe I should become healthier." We're finally getting to the point where, like, do doctors really know what the fuck they're talking about? Right. Now you're proving that like, oh, go on this blessed bites diet for seven days and people are losing weight right away. Oh, wow. Food really does matter. What you're eating really does matter to your health. It's starting to get in the mainstream. It takes years. Like that's the thing. Think about it. A good story I have for people, whether you're corporate or in the entrepreneurial world is most people think that Apple is Apple because of the iPhone. Apple is Apple because of iTunes. Here's why. Steve Jobs is so good at connecting with his customers, even though he was an asshole to a lot of other people. He understood customers so well compared to most people. And this is where I grill all the companies I'm working with. And just like, who's your target customer? Who are you talking to? Right? He would listen to them and they would say, I hate carrying around my CD player with tons of CDs. It's a huge problem. And he thought, oh shit, what if we could put all music on one thing? on a software, right? So software is what changed Apple forever. And the next smartest move he, he realized is they already had phones. They had cell phones. But he didn't put it in a phone because if you confuse your customer with pay $1,000 in like 19, in, in early 2000s, would people pay $1,000 for a phone that had music on it? No, because they couldn't see it yet. But would they pay $100 for this thing that put all their pl- things on one area? I did. I did. <laughs> I got the, the mini and then the touch. But then once the iPhone came out, people were like, oh shit, even one step up. So he had already mapped out, okay, first we're going to start with the software. Then we're going to put it into this. Then we're going to put it into that. And he was okay with being patient enough to yeah. bring it to market at the right time. Yeah. And that's where I think with Superseed, you guys struggled a little bit because like, again, healthy donuts. People are like, what the fuck is a healthy yeah, donut? Right. Like, that's so hard to market. But Bless Bites, it's so easy. Hey, you try one. Oh, this is great. I, you can bring it anywhere. You can bring it to the High Rock store. You can bring that anywhere. But frosting with a donut that you have to like put a ton of effort into creating, it's in the frozen section of a Whole Foods that nobody really goes to unless it's a certain type of person. And then it's healthy, quote unquote. They're not going to believe that. So it's just like you're trying to change too early customer thinking versus now you're not trying to change customer thinking. Hey, try this. It's been proven that there's weight loss and then it helps diabetics, but it also tastes amazing. And it just comes in bites that you can easily eat and you can easily travel with. And I think too, on that note, like for me, you know, part of it again, backs up to ego. I mean, Lindsay, the smarter of the two of us has always been like, just make it easy for people. Just give them something that works for their life. That's convenient. That's tasty. That works. And I think I was like, well, no, we should, we should go a step further. We should ice the donut, glaze the donut. And then they'll really appreciate it. What made you think like that? 
I felt ego, dude. It was that little point, be better, be better. You're not good enough now. Be a little bit better. What if somebody else is two steps behind you? You got to be 10 steps I mean, ahead. it was. Your, your packaging was great. The product was great. Like, it was amazing, but it, it made you realize that, like, it's more about product market fit than it is about amazing product. Well, it was, to, but to your point earlier, it was more about, like, what I wanted rather than what, like, the consumer wanted. And I feel yeah. like when I think in terms of now, it's not about me. It's like, what does that, per how can I help that person where they are right now in their life? I, I wanted chocolate. Meet them where they're at. Meet them where they are. I mean, maybe I wanted the glazed donut. Like maybe it was my dream, <laughs> right? But maybe it wasn't the consumer's dream. And yeah. so I think again, right, you know, I'm, as I'm talking, I'm like, wow, man, I was an ego ridden son of a gun. Like I had a lot of problems. And, and so I, but I do, I think that it's thinking outside of yourself is truly where the freedom and the wisdom comes. Because if you're thinking from a selfish point of view all the time, you're not going to see the truth. You're not going to, you're looking through your own little lenses that are so biased and you've just got to take that away and look at it, surround yourself with smart people, humble yourself where I am the chief servant. I'm the dish guy. I'm the guy that takes the trash out. I'm the guy that's just here to support the people around me and make their lives better. And truly that is my joy. And as a father, I can see it now. Like I see true joy for me isn't like me doing well in life. It's like seeing them do well, you know, in a really authentic point of view, not with like all the toys and the bling and the clothes, like that means nothing, but like rather than seeing them enjoying exercise, playing, running, being good brothers to each other and obedient to their parents and being good around adults, that is my ultimate joy. But it's, it's manifested through somebody else. So yeah. I, I, I just don't have the ability to enjoy things on behalf of myself. I have to see them through other people. I had a conversation with my buddy Corey the other day, and I think I always try to relate things to sports because you're spot on. I think what you, the transition you're going through is like the player in us creates an ego because when we're a player, we like the spotlight. But when you become a manager, you realize that like it's about the 11 players, not about one. If you're the manager and you cater to the one special player and the other 10 players catch on to that, the team burns to the ground. Implodes. Right? They don't like you picking favorites. So there's this transition we go through in life, and I, I've been experiencing it myself, which is when you're an entrepreneur and you realize this is an infinite game, you want to win when you're a player, you want to win when you're, you're a manager, you want to win when you're a GM, you want to win when you're an owner, you want to win when you're the owner of owners, right? And we go through these phases, but you can't skip the phases. And I think that's what a lot of us drink the Kool-Aid of like, when you're a player and then you go to manager, you try to be the player and the manager at the same time. Mm -hmm. Cause you're like, I can be better than the players that are playing, but your job of the manager isn't to be a player. It's to help the players get better. And I've actually drawn this on a, on a whiteboard before. It's just like with one of the companies I worked with and I love your thoughts on it. I like listed out like a team, right? Like on a whiteboard It's like, think of it like you're playing like NFL or NHL or a soccer game on, on video games and you have all these different players. The goal is to like raise the scores of each of the people around you. And then ultimately your score, if you're the owner or the manager goes up. So how do you get each of those people to raise their scores? Then even more so, how do you get them to raise each other's scores? So it's just like, if you can raise Lindsay's score and you can raise your kid's score, Daniel's score goes up by raising it is like taking the trash out in the morning so that she doesn't have to think about it. 
Like it's those little things. And that's where I really suck at. Like I got to go pull some weeds. (laughs) (laughs) I got to pull some weeds too. It never gets old. It never stops. (laughs) But no, I mean, it's a constant thing. I mean, every day when you wake up, that's why I like, like a lot of people, I take a cold shower every day just to remind myself that like, don't start seeking pleasure and don't start seeking comfort for yourself. The first thing, sometimes not always the first thing, but over the course of that day, I'm going to take a cold shower to remind myself that like, life is not always pleasant. And what you think is true isn't always true. So you need to shock yourself at least once a day to like, remember the pain and suffering that you've gone through. And don't, don't disgrace that experience by forgetting the lesson that you should have learned when you went through that, right? Don't, don't omit that lesson. If you made a mistake, own it, but don't have to repeat that same mistake over and over again. That's foolishness. Like be wise about it, you know, and I'm still to this day, you know, just, and I think we will for the rest of our lives always be holding ourselves to that highest standard of how we can like remain our best optimized. You know, we were talking about atomic habits, like that 1% better every single day in everything. Grind on baby. Yeah. It's, it's such a tough world to live in because again, like you work so hard every day and you it's just this constant balance. Like we had a long car ride back from Dallas this weekend and we were talking about like, does balance exist for, for people like us? So I'd love to throw that question on you. Is this like, what is your belief on balance? I think that you're never going to have perfection, right? You're always going to have a little bit of, I mean, it's like spinning plates. If you have eight, you know, poles and you have eight plates on either one of them, you got to spin, spin, spin. And then you sort of, by de facto have to find have to go to the one that you're weakest on and pay it the most attention right if you have one the first plate is the wobbly plate you have to spend a little more time on that one that's just your weak area but maybe plate number 7 spins a little smoother for you so naturally you have a propensity to be you know my wife is just super joy filled like whereas i have to work hard to like manifest and like experience joy so that plate's easy for her to spin but it's harder for me to spin but I think you have to be diligent and be focused and be organized to be able to spin all those plates and not just say, screw it. And then just you hear the sound of China hitting on the ground, ching, 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 because you've just given up. Balance has got to be worked at. I mean, it's like exercise. How many like superstar people, you know, ex-athletes, pro-athletes, you see them five, 10 years later on the street and they've just got this huge beer belly and you're like, whoa, you were the MVP like 10 years ago. What happened to you? It's not granted forever. You have to maintain it every day. Marriage. Like, yeah, you, you know, you have a great marriage five, 10 years ago, but what is it right now? You know, your heart. What is it right now? And so that's like an everyday thing. You have to, which is for me why it's been really nice to like get things simple and small and focused and just try to quiet the noise and focus on the things that are truly important so you can give them your attention. Because if you're trying to be all things to all people and you have a hundred plates spinning, good luck on that, bro. But if you have eight plates and you know that you can focus on those eight plates, those eight plates are things that are important to you, then you can, you do stand a chance at maintaining balance or striving for balance. I think so. I love that. I think what, like what I took from that is to be, to live a more balanced lifestyle, you have to actually determine what are the eight plates on, on your, in your world. And I think a lot of people are taking on other people's plates without even realizing it. And that's why they feel out of balance. Because like for me, a lot of people will be like, my life is unbalanced because I put a ton of energy into things that they wouldn't put a ton of energy into. But like to me, my life is super balanced. 
but that's because I've chosen what does balance mm. even mean to me. Um, but a lot of people talk about in entrepreneurship, like, oh, there's just no th such thing as balance. Like you're going to have to work extra hard in certain areas. And I kind of come from the approach, like that's kind of bullshit because like, it's just on the outside, it might look unbalanced to other people, but like to you, it is balanced. Here's the easiest thing that I think about when you said that, if she is great at spinning joy, spend more time with her because you're not great at that area. And that's why the best marriages, that's how I think they become the best marriages because the people realize that within themselves. So like Aaron and I, she's way more introverted than I am and I'm way more extroverted. But what most people don't know about me is that like, I'm also an introvert. Like I, I get a lot of energy from like just being in my, by myself and in creative thought. And if I didn't have her, like I used to lose that side of myself and I'd never recharge and then I would be burnt out. And then for her, she would recluse and like never get that joy from life that like she gets now because like I'm the one that just makes all the friends and then she comes, she comes along and that's okay for her. And that's great for me because then there's never a fight of like, okay, what are we doing or where are we going or who are we going with? Equally it's like, yoked. it's equal. It's equal. And we've decided like, here's each other's plates. Like your plate, you're really good here and I'm really good here. But I love how you put that because it gives such a, vi I'm a visual learner. So I think I'm going to write some content about that, but we're getting close to wrapping up here. So at the end of typically every episode, I, I kind of go into, so you have this product, Bless Bites. I'd love to connect the audience with what is the product and and who is it really for? So that if they're interested in it, they obviously clearly know the man to reach out to, but more importantly, they know that it can help them. So the floor is yours. Thank you, my friend. So we set out to make the best tasting, most nutrient packed, most effective product, period. And it wasn't for the world, it was for ourselves, really. That was the whole ethos is we wanted something that would perpetuate life and health with Lindsay, you know, and, and I had some emotional, psychological, you know, depression issues that came from eating, but really it was about Lindsay. And in this last 10 years, really, since we started like the company, it's been 10 years almost. Wow. It, you know, the goal has never changed. It's always been to provide food that just creates life, you know, that just absolutely what is the most nutrient packed thing that will give you the biggest blessing possible. Because I feel like so many people are walking around like malnourished and just in bondage to just the general sickness that we all think is kind of normal. Like, oh, I'm 40 now and my, my world's just slowing down or I'm 50 now. It's like, no, like bullshit. it's bullshit. And, but if you, ha but nobody, but I mean, how much nutrition education did we grow up with? I didn't grow up with zero. Any. Doctors it was like only eat. have one nutrition class. Dude. And, and they were telling us to eat eight to 11 servings of grains and carbs. Like that's how you fatten a cow. That's not how you, if, you know, help a human being. And so, you know, going through what we went through was good. But like our job now is to lift people up because I know that when moms and dads are just beat down and they have, n they're, they're just eating terribly and their life is just sort of kind of in just marginally okay they're not the best mom or spouse that they could be. And so when you give somebody life and they can, they can ingest this, this food, these blessed bites that really make them feel like immediately better. I mean, the jump starts seven days, like in seven days, you're going to feel amazing. And when you do that, then everybody else around you lifts up. So it's not really about the food. It's about who you're going to become once you start getting the optimal nutrition that you need. And the fact that your marriage is going to increase, your kids are going to like you more, your employees are going to like you more, your life is just going to be improved and you're going to be a better person. And that for me is super exciting. And I feel like that is what I was put on earth to do is to 
like you said, be the vehicle, you know, from one side of the river to the other. We're going to take this product over here and we're going to cross the river and we're going to deliver it to people so that they can be set free. You're raising people's vibration. That's what I think about. Because like, no matter where I bring this thing, like it raises everybody's vibration, like every day. And it, you know what's funny about that? But it's the most basic thing yeah. on earth. I mean, think about it. seed is the most basic thing, but yet it has the most powerful impact. I, it blows my mind still. Isn't it funny though that like the people with the highest vibrations that I hang around, they fast, they drink a lot of water, they eat very simple nutrient dense foods, they take vitamins. That's it. There's They're no, uncluttered. There's, there's, uncluttered. There's no, there's no, that like biohacking is the word and like hacking and like stuff like that. We're not really hacking. We're just going back to like, what did our body need from the get go rather than this bullshit process stuff that people are giving us? It's not biohacking. It's literally just tapping into what does our body just need? A lot of water, a lot of sun, a lot of love, relationships, a lot of fiber, fiber, <laughs> like that we're not getting. All the things that like our grandparents knew, you know? Yeah. And, and yet like we just got so smart for our own good that we didn't, you know, and I'm a microcosm of that, like thinking that, you know, more and different and new and unique and better. And it's like, no, it's just simple. simple. Go simple. Simplify. Simplify. I love that because that KISS is, KISS methodology, keep it super simple. Something I preach every day. And that's what your product does uh, from the naming to the branding to it being a bite. I love where you guys are taking this and I'm super excited to continue to push it. But how do people get in contact with y'all? Man, go to myblessedbites, myblessedbites.com. Um, you can reach us via email, uh, but our website is the place to find us. And then you've also got us on social media, um, myblessedbites on Instagram. And uh, yeah, Daniel at myblessedbites. And last thing, you mentioned the seven day thing. So dig a little bit into that just so people can understand what that is. Most people don't know it, but they have a low-grade yeast infection in their gut, right? So yeast is a eukaryotic substance and yeast is a fungus, right? So fungus uh, thrives in the human environment, especially the gut. And so if you've had yeast in either beer or baked goods or alcohol or yeast is everywhere, right? It's even in the environment around us in the air. And when you ingest yeast, it lives in a warm, dark place and is fueled by sugar. So you have yeast overgrowth in your gut. And so every now and then you have to push it out. You have to take back that real estate for yourself. Otherwise, yeast grows and grows. And fungus's job is to break down tissue, all tissue, good tissue, bad tissue, dead tissue, just grow like cancer. So you have to stop it. You have to starve it and you have to flush it. So we created a seven day, which is basically just eating our bites and then eating a reasonable dinner and a lot of water and getting your fiber needs met. There's seven steps to it. And dude, email me. I'd love to tell you about it. If you can't tell, I'm so enthusiastic yeah. about sharing like this thing. But seven days later, I mean, the average dude's losing nine pounds. Women are losing like five and a half to six, but in one week, oh, in seven days, in seven days. And Wow. Every single time that somebody goes through the program, we get these amazing, like, it changed my life. It's a miracle. It changed my life because your gut is the ultimate in free will. You can choose to eat whatever you want to, but if you're really eating something good for you that blesses yourself, that is the ultimate. Life and death is in, is in the power of the tongue. And it's a yeah. lot of it has to do with what you eat. And so give yourself seven days, scrub it out, and like liberate yourself, set yourself free, simplify, right? Get the stuff that doesn't need to be there, get it out. Start fresh and clean and new. I love it. And I can testify to this. Um, I was looking up the other day, like when I when when I actually first came out to your plant out in Circle C. So we're we're going on two years and like my life has it was already great, 
prior to that, but it's just been getting better and better and better. And a lot of it has to do with surrounding myself with people like you who are creating products that make me feel great. And it makes me feel great to tell other people to invest in it as well. Um, and that's why I love what I do every single day. The whole whole Thrive on Life started with helping mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. I've been saying it for five years now. Um, and it's an absolute honor to have you here because you're the direct representation, as is Lindsay, uh, who's not with us right now. Um, but it just fills me up with joy. And the last question we have of the day before we get out of here is, what does thriving mean to you? And take your time. I always give people a minute or two with this one because I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Um, but what does it mean to thrive to you? Thriving to me means being, there's a, a Latin saying, and it says, sic utero tua ut alienum non latus. And it means if you really want to bless the world, be your best self possible. Be your best self, whatever that means to you. And over this last year, I've rediscovered who I am. And being the best self possible for me means being the best possible support for everybody in my life. And it sounds a little like, oh, that's kind of cheesy, but truly, man, for me, like if, if I can be that guy and I'm taking the selfish time to go exercise and I'm taking the selfish time to eat right and to, do, to make myself the best, if I can be the brightest light and, and the brightest beacon for those around me in my life and lift everybody else around me, that is my true measure of wealth and riches. And that's thriving. Hell yeah, that's a hell of a response. I love it. And at the end of every episode, I kind of give like what was my biggest takeaway. And man, there was a lot during this one. But I think the biggest one for me is coming down to the simplicity that you talked about and was really two things. The vehicle, like how we kind of dialed into being the vehicle of other people rather than striving to be this super fast engine or whatever. It's just like, no, like, like just, we, we just want to transport people to better health and better lives. And then the second is just sp spinning of the plates. Cause I, I just think that's an amazing way to look at like balancing life and realizing that like, you're going to have some wobbly ones, like who can you lean on to potentially balance yours out and then vice versa. Because I think a lot of us try to do things alone. And that's another thing that I think our world, sadly speaking up, especially as males, around what you're struggling with is not a thing. And if there's any males out there that are, that are listening, like I've struggled with this and, and being vulnerable. And even in the closest relationship I have, which is with my wife of just saying, man, I fucked up or I'm, I'm really struggling with this one thing. Um, but realizing that she is that balance to that uneven plate. So that was a huge takeaway for me and I can't wait to write about it. But Thank you so much for everybody out there listening. Again, I highly recommend you reach out to Daniel and Lindsay Crouch of My Blessed Bites. Um, not only if you have health issues right now, but if you're just looking to try a new treat, like I'm telling you, it's worth giving a shot. And I'm telling you this because like, I believe in it. It's, it's, it's super awesome. So before we get going, any last words? Man. Thanks for, uh, for having me here, man. Thanks for doing what you do. And, and, and like I say this to people that I respect, thank you for doing the work that nobody sees to be the guy that you are now because it does take work. And you to be authentic and to be real and to be effective, you have to do the work. And you have to be that guy all the time. You can't just jump into persona on camera five minutes before. You have to be that guy. And I, and I know your life. I see the things that you do and I, I see the kind of person you are. And I, I you know, you out of the corner of my eye. I, I keep my eye on you. And there are other people I keep my eye on. 
and seeing you do what you do lifts me up in my dark times. So, you know, and this may be a little note, hopefully for everybody listening is like, you don't ever know who's watching you out of the corner of their eye and who needs you to be your best. Because when I was struggle busting it, you know, earlier this year, I, I, I had no choice but to look to my my people and my friends that I, I loved and I looked up to and I respected and I almost had to live vicariously. I had to like, you know, will myself to get up in the morning because what would CJ do or what would so-and-so do or, you know, and so you got to be that person because somebody somewhere is watching you needing you to be your best because they're struggling. So, you know, saddle up because you just never know who needs you. I love that. And I love ending there because one of the phrases I would say is like, you have to be the person you want to become right now. And I've always wanted to become the best husband, the best father, the best friend, the best entrepreneur. And I'll never reach that. Like, that's the thing. It's just, it's an unreachable thing, but I just strive to create habits around that. And the biggest habit I can tell anybody else out there is surround yourself in rooms with people like Daniel. Your environment is everything. And the environment of seeing you guys, like, I kid you not, like, seeing your kids run around the manufacturing plant and like you guys doing that, it it made me believe that I could have the office that I have right now and keep going, like just keep going and don't give up. And um, I love how you're saying, like you never know who's watching because I'm a whole, wholehearted believer in that where if you can't do something for yourself, do it for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Do it for your mom, do it for your dad. Like, before I did the Hyrox race, I wrote running for Kevin on my, I have efforts, disgraces, no man tattooed on me. And then on the other side, I put running for Kevin because in the darkest moments of that race, I wasn't doing it for just myself. And it wasn't just for him either. It's for everybody else around me that can't do it anymore. Because if I just thought about myself during that thing, it gets so much harder. But if I put that in my mind that like people are watching, people are depending on me, it just gives me that little mm. bit of extra extra motivation. So I appreciate you acknowledging that. I can say the same thing about you and I'm super excited to get this episode out. Until next time, this is Jay Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. I love y'all. Please connect with me. I'd love to help. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.